Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I'm going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. Before I introduce today's guest, I need to clarify a few things that were mentioned in my second episode with Rhea Rossi. We were discussing the Philadelphia Museum of Art craft show, which is actually a project of the Women's Committee, and that is a separate entity from the museum. But all proceeds do benefit the PMA. And in regards to the awards we had mentioned, prize winners receive a monetary award, a ribbon, and the option to have a place in the show next year. But they still are required to pay a fee. And I believe that we said that they weren't. So sorry about that. Thank you to Nancy O'Meara, the show's director, for pointing these things out to me. I'm just learning as I go, and I'm going to make mistakes. And I appreciate if you guys would let me know when I do. You can always reach me at perceivedvaluepodcasts at gmail.com. Oh, and just one more thing. I believe I said the dates of the show were November 9th through 17th. Well, that's wrong. The show actually takes place November 9th through 12th. Let's just chalk that one up to nerves. I'm sure many of you are aware of, or use perhaps, the online dating app Tinder. It's the one where you swipe left or right on a person's photo. Right for, yes, I think you're cute and your profile is interesting. Or left for, "Mm, you're not my type. And I've come to utilize this app when I'm traveling which I often do by myself, or find myself, say, in a tiny cabin in Maine for three months without any friends. I'm not necessarily looking for love here, but more so like-minded individuals who know the area and can show me around. And of course, bonus points if you are cute. So I swiped right on a photographer's profile I had come across. From his profile, I could gather that he went to Savannah College of Art and Design. His Instagram was attached to his profile, so of course I checked it out, and I saw that he was indeed a photographer, and a good one in my opinion. And so we started messaging each other, and I came to know that Drew Cornwall had been in Maine for about a year after coming here for a job. He too lived in a tiny cabin and he happened to work at a place called Maine Media Workshops in college. I was intrigued and shameless because I definitely asked him for an interview, having only spoken with him a handful of times. But he agreed, and I found myself driving down the coast to Rockland, Maine to check out Maine Media and interview my first photographer for this podcast. And it's none of your business, but we kept things professional. So where are we? We're in rock land, not yeah, rock there's a lot of ro- <laughs> There's a lot of rocks around here. 
literally. Um, <laughs> whether it's a city name or the rocks along the rocky coast. But yes, we're in Rockland. Zip Rock- code 04841. Rockland, Maine. Rockland, um, Maine. And then how'd you end up in Maine? Are you from here? Um, no, I'm not from here. I'm actually from South Florida. I was born in Fort Lauderdale, spent most of my life in Lauderdale by the sea, which mm-hmm. is a small area within Fort Lauderdale and the city limits. Um, and it wasn't until I was 23 years old when I decided to study photography at Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. Oh, yeah. So sitting here today, I'm with Drew Cornwall, photographer. Not sure what kind of photographer yet. I'll ask that eventually. Um, currently working at Maine Media in mm-hmm. Rockland, Maine. Um, it's actually in Rockport. Uh, there geez. you go with the rocks again. Uh, yeah. So I can't keep it straight. Uh, well, thank you for agreeing to talk to me. I'm excited because I n- don't know a lot about photography mm. in any regard, like uh, how to use a camera properly or how photographers charge for images or all the different types of photographers there mm. are. Um, I'm excited for you to enlighten me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I'm delighted to be here. Um, I've seen you use photography with your jewelry. Yeah. And uh, it's looking great so it looks like you know how to operate a camera uh, to the necessary means of making a photograph um, well, well that's nice to hear it's a necessary evil it's pretty much <laughs> the worst part of my day is thinking about photography yeah well maybe I can give you a couple of tips and tricks before you leave yeah I would yeah. love that all the free t- tips and tricks <laughs> um, okay so you're in Maine but so you mentioned you went to Savannah College of Art and Design you went when you were 23 yeah Oh, so you did what most people should be doing, which is taking time off after you graduate. I'm shaking my head, yes. Yeah, yes. you are shaking your yeah. head, yes. Um, um, and I didn't know it at the time, but I was making one of the smarter decisions I could in life. Um, and that was getting an associate's degree uh, from a state school down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, I paid for that college tuition on my own, the books, supplies, everything I needed on my own. And it was actually... It totaled out to be less than one class at SCAD. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I just have a friend um, that just did the same thing in LA where she went to community college and now she's going to go to UCLA. Yeah. Um, shout out to my friend Lexi getting a full ride. Hi, Lexi. Hey, Lexi. Um, okay. So you so you stayed in Florida during that time, got your associates. Mm-hmm. Did you take any time off to travel or work or do anything like that? Yeah, actually. Um, I'm also a musician. Mm-hmm. And I played for about four years at Mai Kai Polynesian Restaurant. It's a dinner and show. It's been around since the 50s. What? It's actually rated the number one tiki bar in the world. I'm not sure if that's still the case. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. Um, but I, I was I was playing there a lot, and I was working as a photographer, um, and I was doing a fair share of traveling. So it took me about four years to get my two-year. Yeah. Um, I was very part-time. I was still living at home. And I uh, graduated from high school there at Cardinal Gibbons High School. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right down the road from the beach and just spent a lot of time in Fort Lauderdale. Um, but I would travel for skimboarding because I was an amateur skimboarder. Um, and I have many interests rather than just <laughs> photography. And I think uh, it's really important to have a lot of different interests because yeah. those all accumulate to um, what you do and whatever that is at that time. 
I like that you did take that time to figure things out. Mm. I went straight into college my freshman year. I was, I was on the rowing team at the University of Iowa. I don't know what I was doing. Definitely failed out. Yeah. <laughs> Should have taken some time. Um, but yeah, like I said, I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. But in hindsight. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it all worked out. Uh, so why SCAD? Um, well, I also was looking at uh, Brooks Institute, which is no longer existent anymore. Hmm. Um, they uh, went bankrupt, I believe. Wait, let me stop you real quick. Sure. Because you knew you wanted photography. And you started doing photography, what, in high school? I know it was either business or the arts. That was pretty okay. much the fork in the road for me. Mm. Um, business uh, or the arts. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, there, and there's some gray area between the two, like what yeah. you're doing. So, um, yeah, so I've been interested in photography since I could walk um, and since I could grab things consciously. I used to grab use disposable cameras and look through the frame of the viewfinder even if it was empty and there's no frames i'm actually really interested in looking back to see if there's any frames that were developed that i made um using a disposable camera but from what i can remember and from what my mother told me it was empty and i was just winding away and snapping away so ever since i was a little kid i i looked through a rectangle i looked through that frame and have kind of visualized things through that frame ever since. Um, so I've been interested in photography for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't too sure at first what I was going to do in college, as most uh, recent graduates out of high school. Um, but I uh, just did what felt right. You know, I actually I was seriously into hockey. We won state championships in high school. And uh, that was my junior year. Then I became alternate captain senior year. And uh, we lost all of our senior players, including our senior goalie. And they upped us up a division. We completely plummeted in the, in the standings. But um, I almost went and played hockey at Florida Gulf Coast University. And I decided not to. So if I did that, I probably wouldn't be here with you today. Um, hmm. So I chose photography, went with it, and it's been great. I've been on the dean's list. <laughs> uh, you know, I was getting the best grades I ever did, and I knew something was right, so I kept doing that. Um, but as far as choosing SCAD, I think SCAD really chose me in a way, hmm. um, in that there was a couple mutual friends um, with some of the friends at the time that said, oh, I went to SCAD, and it was great. And they didn't do photography, but they were just telling me how great of an institution it was. Um, so that sparked my interest, and I looked into it more amongst other schools, like I said, Brooks Institute. Um, but SCAD's still around, and uh, it's a great school. I'm yeah. Really thankful I've to, to I went to Savannah there. for the first time last year. It's so pretty. Mm. And the Spanish moss and the trees, I was like, oh, man, it's just like all those movies I've seen filmed there, I'm sure. Yeah, and actually the state of Georgia has been a huge state for making films. Oh, a lot yeah. of A lot of people are flocking there. It's, uh, it's like the new L.A. Atlanta's blowing up. Um, and, you know, I think an Adam Sandler film was, you know, being produced there before I moved. And they were making it look like it was in some kind of South American scene with uh, huh. sable palms there. And, you know, those uh, those artists have an incredible way of making one place look like another. Yeah. So no matter what the scenario is or the script is, um, you know, people are going there and making films and making it happen. It's a lot easier on the taxes. So when you went to SCAD, I'm assuming SCAD is not cheap. What can you break that down for? <laughs> I mean, any kind of art school like Pratt or anything like that. Um, yeah, I've always been shocked when I hear what the tuition is. Mm -hmm. And I understand that 
it covers a lot and you have you're paying for state-of-the-art studios and etc um but could you walk me through like kind of the price range of SCAD and how did you pay for it sure let's take that walk um <laughs> so yeah uh, I could have gone to Harvard <laughs> or an Ivy League school with the tuition that you know was required uh, at SCAD but um at first my grandparents wanted to gift me the tuition mm. and um then my father said, no, I'll, I'll take care of my son. So my father actually put me through school, and I am eternally grateful for that. Yeah. Um, you know, I know most American students, uh, recent graduates, are living with student loans, and they're paying that off, and they're living in debt right off the bat, which I can, you know, I have friends that are doing that, and um, at sometimes it's it's really disheartening for them, and it's hard to see, but, um, you know, I, I, I only have empathy for them. Yeah. Um, but so your tuition was covered it was so you covered. literally have no student loans yeah okay and i feel kind of uh bad for that i feel like i no, should have gotten you shouldn't feel guilty about it yeah. i mean it's awesome uh, that's a fantastic good on your parents for like planning ahead or yeah. supporting you in that way that's amazing yeah um i just feel like i didn't deserve it sometimes and oh yeah maybe you didn't <laughs> just kidding um uh, so with, but your cost of living while you're in school did you have like a part-time job or anything did your dad pay for your rent as well uh so right off the bat i utilized my florida prepaid uh which my parents planned for in advance oh. like you were saying um and i had free dormitory for a year mm-hmm. so i lived in the dorms which was great actually it boosted my network and just meeting people and i'm a somewhat social human being some of my friends are refer to me as a social butterfly but being in the dorms actually was great um got to meet a lot more people really quickly in different departments um and different majors um and i was able to connect um my medium of art with others mm-hmm. and i found that in other ways um at scad as well but um after that year i, I did live in uh, about three different places yeah throughout savannah and i rarely had to drive it's a great walking city and my bicycle is my best friend. Yeah, I noticed that about when I was in Savannah. Mm. Um, so are you the type of person that you started off with a photography major and you stayed focused? Oh, I stuck a, with it, yeah. A lot of people change, especially mm-hmm. artists, I notice. Yeah, um, or they pick up a minor. Or they pick up a minor. Yeah. A lot of jewelers I've met, actually, um, that is a, vi- a big trend where they started off as like a drawing or painting major and take one elective and medals and then they're like, you know, hooked. But I find that interesting that you stayed with it the whole time. Yeah. So you graduate without student loans. Mm-hmm. And where did you go after that? Did you look for internships? Like what was your, wait a minute. I have one question I did want to ask. Sure. Um, during your four, it's four years at Savannah. How long were you there? Two, actually. I just, oh. uh, yep. I was enrolled in the Bachelor of Fine Arts, a bachelor's program. Oh, right. Because you did the smart thing and got your associate <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah. Um, did you have to take classes on business, like focused business practices with your BFA? Uh, There was one course it was required uh, and it was relating to business and it was either a commercial class or a Mm -hmm. fine art based class. Um, So the business, uh, the commercial business class focused on more, you know, let's say fashion photography, whereas the fine art class with uh, former chair of the photography department at SCAD, Rebecca Nolan, who is a great person, if she's listening in. Hi, Rebecca. Um, 
but yeah, I took her course and I was focused on the fine arts. So uh, whether you're making a book and how to push that, you know, if it's self-published or whatever, or how to prepare a portfolio and, and show it to a, a gallery and, and how to present yourself in the fine art world as opposed to the commercial world. That's interesting. And then, so if you're in a fine art versus the commercial, so you pick mm-hmm. between that. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in that class, is it catered towards... So like all the metalsmiths would take the same kind of commercial business practices class or was it a mix like all photographers all like well there is there is a bit of a gray area I mean photographers like Sig Harvey here in in Midcoast Maine she uses her fine art eye commercially for commercial purposes Mm, Um, and I like to say I'm beginning to do that or have been doing that Um, you know I took a documentary elective uh, with Zig Jackson and Zig always taught us that there's not really it, it doesn't have to be black and white commercial or fine art it's a little bit of both and what you do um, so you so graduate mm-hmm. and what was what was your plan did you have a plan um, well uh, I think I mentioned to you earlier that uh, I finished the semester early And I was able to spend a semester worth of time in Savannah without going to class. So that allowed me to focus on things in that area that I could do with my photography, such as set photography. I actually was on a feature film as a set photographer, which is also the unit stills photographer. Wait Um, a minute. What does a set photographer do? Do you take pictures of the... Are you like behind the scenes? Like the cameraman's in the like frame of the set that's happening. Yeah, so... I got um, a variety of images as set photographer. I, I believe some unit stills photographers are only in front of the camera getting what's in their frame and trying to get a high quality still image from what they're shooting on set. Okay. I've gotten a little bit of both. Um, and I really enjoy walking to the scene and getting behind the scenes. Um, I actually think it's the perfect scene for... Uh, it's almost like a training facility. Everything's pre-lit. The mm-hmm. you know, hair and makeup team has already worked <laughs> yeah. on the actors. It, it really helped my documentary eye and uh, just keep me warm. That's interesting. So does every movie hire a set photographer? Uh, most, yes. Yeah. And how do you even get that job? Did you look on Craigslist? Like, mm. where, do you, where do you get dialed in on some, <laughs> that kind of thing? Um, so like most of life, you or in the right place at the right time. Okay. It was actually through Facebook. There was a film and television SCAD group where a lot of people who came to the area, um, and not just SCAD, but any students that are participating in, um, in any whatever um, medium in that area, uh, people come to the schools. Like people here go to main media to look for a photographer for cheap, you know, like, okay. and try to get a better deal so a lot of people would go to those group pages on facebook looking for a student like you know hey can you take a family portrait uh you know and yeah. th- those people would be saving some money because they're students and it a either don't know any better or b don't really care about making that much and are need it to get by so and i th- i feel from an outsider perspective that that is where the value outside of like going to these really expensive schools, right? Like mm. a Cranbrook or SCAD or Pratt. It's the network that you also get 
from going to that school. Yeah. Like they can't guarantee you jobs or whatnot, but if you are connected through SCAD, like you're saying, Mm. people, they have notoriety and then people can find you through there for opportunities. Absolutely. And I think that's really important, but it's it's hard for me to stomach the cost of tuition sometimes. But then I think about things like that, like fringe Mm. benefits of going to those institutions. Yeah. If I didn't go to SCAD, I wouldn't have met Craig Stevens, who was one of my professors and mentors. Um, he's the co-founder of Main Media Workshops in college here. So oh, okay. So let's get it. Let's keep going on the timeline. So you do this sure. movie. You're set I, photographer. Yeah. Um, and there are some issues with that production, actually, uh, which we won't get into. But there was a class action lawsuit. Um, and people on that set didn't get paid uh, until much later when a lawyer got involved. Oh, no. Did you get paid? I did, fortunately. Is um, that like a paycheck every two weeks? Like, how do you get paid for something like that? Yeah, you know, set photographers on sets um, are actually treated a little bit differently than um, other people on set. Oh. Um, you know, during the production, you get this access that not a lot of people do get. Um, and I guess with payment, um, and it's different for every production, but uh, with the... Uh, production manager I got paid right off the bat weekly so I was taken care of and my morale was high and I was willing to put in those hours it was a horror film so a lot of hours through the night which was tough Um, yeah yeah, so I did that and um, throughout that time I was living in Savannah my friend's attic and I was really thankful for that Uh, I was right next to Forsyth Park and it was like heaven really Um, it was a great time to decompress and focus on what I really wanted to do with my photography um, so by the time, um, I graduated, I, I walked at the end of spring. I'm sure we're <laughs> got some nice, uh, sirens in the background here. Phone going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope everything's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually I main media wanted to hire me before I even thought about applying, which I was, Wow, because of your mentor, that connection you had made during school, do you think? Yeah, I guess Craig Stevens spoke highly of me, and uh, yeah, I was flattered by it. Man, that's an ongoing theme. Mentors, people, find somebody. Mm. Just I call it the leech approach. Just like find somebody more talented than you and leech on. Yeah, and and throughout my time learning about inkjet printing and fine art printing through Craig, I heard countless stories about this place, and I was immediately drawn to it from the get-go. It's interesting because you took me there last night. I got to see um, the Friday have... night show. Yeah. So you. Yeah. Okay. Everyone's so I can only. To that, by the way, you I don't, don't have to be a student. You could be in the area and come by. If you go to come to Rockland, Rockport, Rockport, yeah, one of them. <laughs> um, it reminds me of being at other craft schools where at the end of the week they have show and tell, and of course it's objects. So you walk around and look at the objects. But I loved how it was the end of the week and you guys go into this room with so many people and Mm. it's all projected and um it was really great experience to see yeah that visual media you know it's it's actually kind of a bummer uh sometimes it's uh it's hard to sit through all that that footage i mean as you saw last night two hours or something yeah there was several workshops this past week so there's a lot of work being shown Mm -hmm. um but sometimes there's there's also a book art studio there so uh when those workshops run we actually go in um, it's kind of a smaller space, not as big as that soundstage as you saw last night. So people kind of go in groups at a time and view the handmade books or prints, mm-hmm. um, you know, letter presses in there as well. Um, and and that's great. That's that kind of changes it up a little bit. And as you're saying, you know, you walk around, and view these different, you know, pieces, physical pieces. Uh, you know, you get to do that as well at Main Media. 
It's not just visual media. So you moved directly from Savannah t- up here to Maine Media. Did that kind of happen? Yep. Yep. Straight shot. I didn't own any furniture. <laughs> um, I moved up here with everything I could fit in my car. Yeah. Um, that's so. I've that's a familiar thing. <laughs> I've experienced that. Yeah, and have a bunch of great friends along the East Coast. Um, so I actually stopped five nights along the whole way. I stopped in uh, North Carolina, Virginia, Delaware, New York, and I'd never been to New York before. Oh, New York City. Yeah. So, and I actually had my bike on my bike rack from Savannah, so I took a stroll around uh, Brooklyn. I had a meeting with Christopher Lane there, a uh, great commercial photographer uh, who I almost worked with, but I actually denied because I loved it here so much. Oh. But I made my way up and Rhode Island, visited RISD. Yeah. Yeah, got some friends there. And, because you only have your BFA. You could... You could still go back and get an MFA. That's true, and that's been on my radar um, and on my heart, and I've been kind of looking at different opportunities still. Um, Zig Jackson, who I was talking about earlier at SCAD, really encouraged his students to to branch out, maybe get your MFA elsewhere. And I think there is a rule set at SCAD where you can't teach at SCAD uh, until like 10 years later, I believe. I might be incorrect about that. Um, after you get your MFA. Good. Yeah. I think it's so bizarre when I see somebody getting their MFA and turning right around mm-hmm. and teaching people like mm-hmm. studio practices. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is just me, but I think it's kind of bullshit if somebody that just graduated and hasn't had to like go out in the world yeah. and pay for their studio and actually have a studio practice. Yeah, it forces you to get out and is teaching experience. other people to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And uh, you're almost doing yourself a disservice by not doing that. Yeah, you. So. Everybody should have to struggle. Mm-hmm. Go get a part-time job. <laughs> cry. Like, <laughs> say thank you. Say thank you. Yeah. Try harder. <laughs> do something. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I want to talk about main media because sure. Places like main media remind me of Haystack School, Mountain School Crafts, which mm-hmm. is up here at Penland or Aramont, or we were talking about Anderson Ranch yesterday. They're very dear to my heart. I love places like this. So I'm excited to learn about Maine Media. Totally. Uh, I'm assuming it's a nonprofit? It is. It is? They are Um, trying to get accredited. Oh, wow. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you give me a brief history about the school? Like, is it old? What kind of format is it? Um, Who are your students that come here? Like, like Well, it is my second year here, and I'm still learning more about the institution. Um, and I do know it's a great place. That's one thing I know for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other things I do know, it started in 1973. Okay. Uh, David Lyman started it in Rockport at Union Hall on, on Rockport Harbor, a beautiful scene there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Craig Stevens was there, Reed Callanan, and they brought on instructors such as uh, Paul Caponegro, who was here. Um, it's okay. I don't expect Sorry. you to know. That's great. Um, <laughs> I don't know much about Annie Leibovitz. That's about all I got. <laughs> She's good. She's okay. great, yeah. Um, so all these really great photographers came to instruct. Arnold Newman, um, which has a foundation now, and actually uh, Main Media holds that Arnold Newman Foundation, and uh, it's a $20,000 grant, I believe. Um, wow. Uh, or actually a reward. Um, if it's based on portraiture, mm-hmm. and anybody can submit. It's open call. Oh, listen up, y'all. Yeah, so it's good money. How do you find? Where do you find information on that at? Uh, you can go to mainmedia.edu. Oh, okay. We'll give it. all the plugs at the end too, where everybody can look <laughs> you guys up. Yeah. So, say I am an undergrad mm-hmm. and I'm interested in photography. You don't do like, you don't do film. This is all digital, mostly at 
main me media? personally no at main media like their focus is that no uh so there's a film program director oh okay as well as the photo program and then there's the book arts mm-hmm. uh, which includes writing okay so there is film and there is photography uh, there is a dark room so they practice they they have workshops on alternative processes okay um and it's there's digital classes there was a vr class the week before um and they try to bring in the newer technologies and maintain the older traditions okay and so if i'm a student and i'm going how long are the workshops are they all like one week or two week great question um there's actually excuse me there's actually um year-long intensive programs professional certificate programs uh there's four-week intensive uh, there's two weeks, there's just weekend classes. So there's really something for everyone. And your position there, you are, you've been a teaching assistant. So explain to me what kind of staff is there? Because I'm familiar with um, other schools I've been at where there's studio assistants, there's studio coordinators, there's work studies. Like, do you guys have a work study program? To help? There is a work study program. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. And what do work studies do at Main Media? Like what... Cause, because other places I've been, is like they wash the dishes in the yeah. dining hall. <laughs> well, um, up here in the state of Maine, as opposed to Florida, there's more maintenance just because there's more seasons in the winter and recovering and preparing for the winter. So there's um, a list of things that our maintenance director <laughs> um, or manager uh, has for these work-study students, uh, whether it's just cleaning the interiors or preparing the exteriors, gardening. Um, oh. Gardening's pretty big up here in Maine, which I really admire. That's awesome. So, yeah. okay, so the work study is more like you come beforehand, put in the work, and then you get to No, you focus actually on study your... while you work. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and I forget the the duration of that. Um, Do you, but... And so there's dorms. Yep, there are dorms. Okay, so students can stay on campus. Yep. And there's a dining hall, I'm assuming. It's kind of all-inclusive little yep. spot. In the winter, uh, there's an in uh, cafeteria inside, and then there's an outside cafeteria in the dining tent. Uh, in the summer, in the peak of the season, that um, inside cafeteria is turned into a classroom. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, going back to your question, uh, I was a TA this season, mm-hmm. which I wasn't expecting to be, but I'm very grateful that they picked me up this season. I wasn't expecting to be able to have that time to work with them. Um, but a little surprise happened um, the beginning of June where I did not work for the Cap Negroes anymore. So uh, Ashley Craig took me on, and I'm extremely grateful for that. Uh, but being a teaching assistant is just wonderful. You're alongside of these professionals out of the industry who are fresh, working now in the industry. Some are retired, but they're extremely knowledgeable, and each week is a new chapter and learn all this incredible new information. Um, and I learn just as much from the students as I do the instructors. Yeah. Um, last season, my first season, I started as a lab technician. So going back to Craig Stevens recommending me for the job. Yeah. Um, you know, if you knew, if you learned how to print from Craig Stevens, you're a pretty decent printer. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy printing and and you know paying close attention to those details throughout the whole process. Um, but I was a lab technician in the digital services department, and then I got promoted to manager of the digital services department where we do all our digital printing and renting of photography equipment. Look at you, moving up pretty quick, eh? (laughs) Yeah, that was a great experience. Uh, Actually made a proposal to keep that department year round in the off season, but it was declined. I'm thinking about kind of freshening up a bit and 
yeah sourcing maybe. more resources maybe for them it all yeah. comes down to money usually yeah and i think especially for nonprofit as well i agree yeah. um and maine is yeah. so seasonal here it is so i'm in maine i've been living here for about a month and a half yeah welcome never been here before and I, I was coming up here for July, August, September, and the crazy thing about it to me is the seasonal culture that I wasn't so aware of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's the place, vacation land, et cetera, but it literally shuts down for winter in a lot of places. <laughs> like, Yeah, uh, Camden, Maine is a beautiful harbor, and uh, I think it's called the Jewel of the Coast. And oh. Even the Jewel doesn't really shine all that well in the winter, but in, in its own in its own right, it's it's it's, it's a, a little too place perfect for me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't trust it. But yeah, all these little carriage roads in the winter with fresh snowfall, it's it's a dream, really. Oh, I have man. to pinch myself from time to time. So your job shuts down. You're seasonal, basically, mm-hmm. though. So how have you found to adapt to be able to keep this job, like in the off season? Yeah, so um, I've only lived here for a little over a year. So my last winter was my first winter um, that I've actually endured from beginning to end. (laughs) Congratulations. Yeah, just being a witness to the whole cycle is kind of miraculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I didn't know what I was going to do in the winter. And um, about two weeks out from the season ending at Maine Media as the manager of the digital services department, which is also seasonal, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have a job lined up. And I quickly through so much chum in the water. Ideally, I wanted to keep myself in the art community. Yeah. I don't care if I was a janitor at a museum. <laughs> keep me around that Creatives. community. It, yeah. And here in Midcoast, Maine, the art community is amazing. There's so many incredible artists and people. Um, just, I, I, I'm a little overwhelmed, <laughs> as you can tell. But yeah. it's it, that's what kept me here is these amazing people in the community. Um, so I threw out so many applications. I didn't get calls back i got some calls back and actually washed dishes i literally walked out of main media mm-hmm. that evening i put all my things from the desk in a box threw it in my trunk of my car and went straight to the back of a kitchen called francine's in camden it's a great place to eat brian mm-hmm. hill's a great chef shout out um and i started washing dishes i got free dinners too which was a bonus yeah um but I, I I just continued to work seamlessly, which I was really grateful for. And the reason why I ended at three weeks was because I got an email from John Paul Capinegro, who who runs his own workshops. And so is he, you've name dropped him a few times. Yeah. I'm a jeweler. I don't know him. Is he a famous photographer or something? Yeah. I would okay. say he's famous. Um, you know, he's been on TED Talks and Google. Um, he's very educated. Mm-hmm. An inspiring human being. What's his specialty? Like, why is he so renowned? Digital photography, Photoshop. Okay. Um, printing. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't print for other people. He just prints for himself. So a lot of people contacted us asking if we can print for them. And we sadly had it decline. Uh, was we it really... sadly or was it like, mm, Well, we had to focus we our efforts on his prints. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, and that was the goal there. Um, and I helped him. Uh, reach out to a few galleries and museums and try to establish some contacts before my time there was up. That sounds like it was a great connection. It really was. It was yeah. a great experience. And, and it's, it's a great family, too. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So um, this whole year being a teaching assistant, you're done. I think you told me yeah. last night was the end, the big end to the summer. So Bittersweet. Bittersweet. What is next? Well, uh, tonight I actually have a gig at a private event playing my ukulele and guitar. <laughs> nice. Um, and hopefully that works out well because I just had surgery on my pinky. But um, 
I think with the other three fingers, I'll be okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, music gigs, uh, other photography gigs, um, just anything in between. I'm willing to take on any kind of work. Just kind um, of put it all together until you can get, do you know, yeah. so with main media, do you reapply every year to get a position for the next summer or do they kind of say, Hey, well, they know I'm continue. here. Yeah. yeah they know I'm here. And I made sure that they know I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, and they know. Really, I mean, it's a great place to learn and gain knowledge, but it's also a great place to give back. You know, the arts has given me so much in my life, added to my perspective, has really humbled me. Um, and if I can give back in any way, I can, mm-hmm. I will. And Maine Media is a great place for me to do that. I feel like I'm really at home there. They really helped me find my place. I th- I also I mean a, a thing I think about when I think about your situation here. By the way, your apartment is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it's like this loft kind of studio thing, and what you said it was like seven hundred dollars a month. Uh-huh, that's right. Wi Fi, everything included. Like, shut up. That's ridiculous. Yeah, don't tell anybody. Actually, it's kind of a secret. <laughs> but when I think about that, I think about where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could never have this in yeah. Brooklyn. You could never have this in any larger city with the type of job that you have, especially that it's seasonal. And I think that's important. Sometimes I look at what people are doing where they've built these beautiful houses of their own and the studio and et cetera, but they live, you know, in the middle of nowhere where real estate is cheaper and that kind of um, day-to-day cost being lower can afford them the experiences that they want to do. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Do you agree? Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I feel extremely lucky to be this close to the water. You know, my whole life I, I always wanted to live by the ocean or a mountain, and here I have both. Yeah, it is pretty fantastic here. It's yeah. a little ridiculous. Um, so what would you say your specialty is? Like, what kind of photographer are you? Great question. I'm still figuring that out more and more. I'm really growing after college and experiencing life in the real world. Actually, it was the real world all along. I don't know why people say that. It's, <laughs> if this is the real world, what was the world before? Um, but no, it, it's been great. Um, I've been growing a lot, and with growth, there's some growing pains. Yeah. Um, but with that adversary, I've, adversity, I've really learned to understand how I can play a role in this, what I want to do with my photography, without my photography. Mm-hmm. Um, but my photography, uh, I, I have a documentary style, I like to observe the mundane, such as photographers William uh, Christenberry, William Eggleston, Stephen Shore have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really inspired by every photographer that I view. I just picked up a book by Dwayne Michaels about storytelling. You're name dropping all these names. I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't expect you to know them. Maybe our listeners will. And Hopefully. If, and if they don't, you now look you them know. up. Yeah. yeah. Google it. Um, but, you know, it, it's not just me providing imagery for my clients. I'm also willing to help them print, print for them. Um, I really admire the, the fine art world and the printing process like I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And that's one of my specialties. So It's interesting to me because when I think about photography, I never think about printing. Mm. I just think about the lens and digital editing. And, um, and that seems like that's been a really big part of your experience. Yeah. So you would, I mean, and that's specialty. Like everybody, you know, as jewelers, we have... You know, you do a lot of lost wax casting or mm. you're really good at stone setting. Mm-hmm. So you can really zero in on certain techniques and processes. And that's what you like yeah. become known for. Do you feel like in the long run, 
you're just really focusing in on printing and that's one of your greatest qualities right now. It's definitely one of my services. Yeah, towards you know? towards being marketable in the job mm-hmm. market. Yeah, and being a part of the workshops too, I've also had the opportunity to have one-on-one lessons with people that need to know more about the camera basics. Oh, like me? Sure. I'm in that category. <laughs> <laughs> and we could talk about rates now or later. Okay. Um, but... You know, John Paul Caponegro, you know, my time with him, he really reinforced the idea of the print. And the final print is that product of your fo- your photograph. You get to hold it. You get to re-experience it in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he always likes to say how we should find ways to get those images out of our hard drives. Because a lot of times that's just where they are in purgatory. Nobody gets to see them. Ugh, mm-hmm. I feel like there's been so many pictures taken of me or people have like <laughs> taken photographs of my work and I'm just never going to see them. Yeah. And, and that's, for, just, that's something that I'm guilty of as well. Yeah. And I think it's just a part of life. Um, you know, don't be so hard on the photographers that never get those images back to you. They, they got a lot of going on. So. They got a lot of images. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. And this is something I wanted to touch on too, where as a visual artist, um, Yes, I make beautiful objects, but if I don't have a beautiful image, my career is not going to go very far because yeah. everything I apply for, every show I want to get in, I need images. And mm. you're only as good as your images in some regard, in most mm. regards. Um, and when I first started out, I like in Seattle, like I don't, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't want to like, I didn't have any money to invest in photography. So you meet somebody that's a photographer at a party, and you're like oh like I need images and they're like yeah sure I'll take some sometime and it's aka all, I need a new profile picture yeah and it's all like real <laughs> casual and f- six years into it now it's like no like I want to pay you for this image mm-hmm. I want to know what you want to be paid for for these images and I want a timeline of when I'm getting my product in mm. return you know it's like yeah. goods and services um it gets great like at some point you just have to say just pay for your images so you know you get them and yeah. they're great quality yeah. And as much as sometimes I want to do favors for people, um, you know, getting paid is a little bit more motivating to get the job done and, and see those images back in their hands. I also think for me as a jeweler, there's not it's not a lot of gray area for me. Like if somebody wants a ring from me, it's like I'm giving you an object and you know that that metal, silver probably, costs me money. And mm-hmm. so you have to pay me for that. But I with it's a little bit like more gray for photographers, I feel like, because it's like, oh, you're just taking, you're just clicking. Like, how much money does that cost you? It's not much different. I think, you know, it might come off as just a click, but you're actually paying for that person's vision, you know, yeah. and, and just a slight inch to the left or a slight inch to the right can be a completely different feeling, complete different image. And I think what you're paying for is really that photographer's eye, yeah. which is priceless in some ways just like your your craft and your hands and your eye mm-hmm. and the detail you pay attention with and the jewelry so yeah you're gonna get what you pay for I mean I feel bad for the lack of understanding I've had in the past and for people I've approached about being like oh could you take some photos like you know now I I definitely do think about it a lot more when I meet a photographer and um, think about how they make their money yeah that's fair yeah but how do you charge because mm-hmm. I'm sure you take an image, but then there's editing and organization sure. and all that time. So break that down for me. If I asked you to take some pretty photos of me wearing my jewelry, yeah. how would we approach that? So um, it actually took me quite a while to be able to say, hey, I deserve this. This is what I'm worth. 
Um, and those numbers have been rising because I think I've been <laughs> becoming... <laughs> As they should, <laughs> yeah. the more experience you gain. Right. So right now my baseline is half days or four hours. Mm-hmm. And for a half day, it's 300. And for a full day, which is anything over four hours, even if it's four hours and 15 minutes, that's a full day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that full day is 600. So it's just doubled. Okay. But um, And after that eight-hour mark, another half day. Oh, okay. Um, that's my baseline. And I fluctuate from there, depending on how reasonable um, that is, uh, based on the situation and the, client, the client's needs. Uh, as far as post-processing, my baseline is $60 an hour. Okay. And that's on top of the 300 for the half yes. day? Mm-hmm. And then, which is pretty much final art is what you're charging for. Okay. Yeah. And that doesn't include printing costs that they want printing. Yeah. So that's another variable in the equation. You know, do they want a book as a final product? Is it, do they want it handmade? I can do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, depending on the paper type and the material cost, mm. that fluctuates as well. I'm a big fan of really, like, I get letterpress business cards because I'm a, I'm a snob and I can't do... <laughs> I can't do Vista print. Sorry. I don't blame um, you. I don't and blame I get you. the thickest paper. I'm like, I just, I need it. Yeah. There's, it's, it's really great to be a part of this age right now where there's a resurgence of like older traditions, you the, know? Yeah, it is. A it's, lot a lot more people are thrifting, going antique shopping, picking up old styles. And I love that. Yeah. That's what I do for kitchen utensils. Like, <laughs> ugh. I'm so like I went to go buy a garlic press and I can just see all these like stupid plastic garlic presses. I'm like, ugh. So I go to a thrift <laughs> store and I find the best garlic press ever for yeah. the fifties. Yeah. Um, and it makes me happy. So what would you call okay, so as an artist, I make things that go on the body. So I need images of my work on the body. Um to show scale. To show right? scale. Like a and, reference. Yeah, exactly. What kind of photographer would I be approaching? Is it just all under the umbrella as um, commercial? But then mm. there not there like fashion photographers or editorial? Like what's a brief overview of that? Good question. Um, so for me, I do all kinds of photography. Mm-hmm. I would feel totally comfortable in doing that assignment or that project oh, with good you. good to know. <laughs> Hopefully we can do a little barter system like we were doing... Uh, uh, talking about earlier drew did not know what a brooch was so i i showed up yesterday wearing a brooch he now knows um and we might do make him a custom brooch for some photography yeah bro brooch a bro brooch. and if not maybe something else like a necklace um, oh okay but uh yeah man bling anyway sorry yeah. i sidetracked you yeah so um no, I would say any studio photographer really and they would really have the equipment to nail down the proper lighting Okay, that's a key in it, is yeah, having absolutely. equipment for the type of photography absolutely. that you're asking for. And at the moment, I specialize or I, I utilize natural light. Oh, okay. So I don't have strobes. I don't have, you know, hot lights. I, I don't have that right now. Um, but the great thing about being around the workshops is that I actually have access to that. And we have our own little barter system. Oh, another fringe benefit. Yeah. Gotta love that. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the other question I was going to ask, if I did have you take pictures of jewelry on the body, um, is that my responsibility to bring a model? Or like, if somebody was like, can you find a model for these images are we going to need? Have you ever been asked to do that? Jewelry in particular, no. Okay. Excuse me. Um, Yeah, no, I, I think if you're looking for a specific body type, skin color, yeah, that's totally on you. 
you, you use yourself, and I think that's great. I am going to use myself, I've decided. <laughs> I did it once. Um, I know this amazing photographer. Her name is Mercedes Jelinek. And I was like, you know what? I'm great. I'm just going to use me. There you go. <laughs> I think I'm going to keep going with it. I think we can all think that way about ourselves a little bit more. Oh, look at that. You're very inspiring. Thank Throwing you. that self-love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you wanted to bring up that I, because I'm very naive when it comes to the realm of photography. Is there any points that you think are necessary to talk about? Um, yeah, I think, you know, for me, photography means the world. Um, it's really helped me view the world I live in in a different perspective than I wouldn't have experienced otherwise. Um, and, you know, going back to the print, you know, I was listening to a segment on NPR and there is a woman uh, showing the interviewer, uh, yeah, the interviewer, her, her house and they're walking down to the basement and along the walls they describe there to be um, all these family photos framed on the wall and uh, they stop for a moment on the stairwell and you know on NPR they like to include those little audio segments oh, which yeah. I think is great and really adds to the story mm-hmm. um, she said oh this is when we're back in in college look how young we are and I just kind of picked up on the fact that she used the word are instead of were Oh, I didn't even pick that up when you just said it to me now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's something really special with photography is it it brings you back to a special moment in time. Yeah. And for me, that's really valuable. Uh, It's not just family photos. It's it's uh, one of, you know, it could be an experience. It can be a memory of mine that I I want to remember or remember to forget. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. um, it, it means a lot to me. And I think I use Instagram as a sort of a diary. Yeah. Um, I don't always include captions. Um, I used to write paragraphs, and I sometimes every, every now and then I do. But um, anybody who knows me knows I'm um, very... Thoughtful? Yes, and empathetic. To what you put out there. What is your Instagram handle so people can find you? And sure. Scope? Is it private or is no, it public? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, it used to be at General Cornwallis. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and then I had a friend come into my life. His name was Elliot Dudick. He's like, man, you know, you should just make it your name because, you know, like we were talking about before, your name is a brand, your your artistry is a brand. And and uh, actually for a little while I, I created another account at Drew Cornwall, just my name, yeah. and reserved it. Oh, yeah. And then when I decided to make that crossover, I changed the password and I and I changed my name and and uh, for a little while, I had uh, General Cornwallis on reserve, but I never <laughs> went back to it. I just kind of let it go. Well, I know artists because we are so social media is such a huge part of what we do now. Definitely. Um, and it can g- I've gotten so many experiences or opportunities through it um, that I struggle with. You know, it's like jewelry, 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 random picture of food or me and my friends just hanging out. Like I yeah. try, I do try to curate my Instagram mm. as Sarah Rachel Brown, the artist. Yeah. And I know other artists who have like 500,000 followers and they create a different account under a secret name so they can post 50 pictures of their cats. Or sometimes it's not even a secret. They just include it in their bio, you know, for my personal work, go here. And I think yeah. that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I just manage it differently. Um, and speaking of social media, something else I've been working on in the area to get by is uh, helping out a couple of restaurants in the area with their social media. Oh, yeah. I got to experience that fringe benefit last night. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's something that I think is reasonable, not having to pay 
any tab so you do get paid my in photography food. and their work yeah. and they're, they're good to you because i was like oh okay that makes sense you're doing the social media for this restaurant which yeah. was great because the chef brought us out these like fancy extra dishes yeah for me to photograph for the oh, archives i yeah. was so full um but i was like oh they'll cover your food and we'll pay for our alcohol but they covered everything yeah that was fancy did. yep scott treats me well i even got to make a cameo I think that's my first time being a hand model. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and you actually got to feature some of your jewelry too. Huh? I, I am dripping with gems in that picture. So <laughs> you even got the brooch in there. What's I the did. name of the restaurant that we were at? I can't even remember. Uh, that was the Slipway in Thomaston, Maine. Okay, so is there an Instagram handle at Slipway? Uh, the Slipway, Maine, yeah. Check it out, guys. You can see my hands. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that one was just featured on uh, Facebook, I think. But regardless, um, <laughs> that owner is, is also the owner of Rumline and Rumline and Camden. Um, another great restaurant in the area. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You're and you know, of that, all trades. that's actually uh, something too that we can talk about uh, just briefly is that if I were being paid for yeah. that instead of just meals, I mm-hmm. probably would do a better job. So if you guys are going to that around, it's like, oh, this looks really crappy. You could do better. I'm like, I can actually, yeah. Um, but, you know, for the amount of time I put into it uh, and, you know, the meals I get from them and the compensation I think is equal right now. Yeah. But uh, if he were to offer me more money to do more during the main season, yeah, I'd be more than happy to do that. I think a lot. I think about that a lot actually, because yeah. if I'm working for somebody who's just paying me minimum wage, like I'm not going to overexert myself for you. You know, like it's just something where um, you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. and. I did my Instagram account for a dear friend of mine. He traded me a piece of artwork and his artwork is incredible. Um, and I put a lot of love into when I was working for him because because of that, like I valued that piece of art so much. Please excuse the abrupt ending of this interview. This amateur producer somehow managed to cut off the ending on accident. But really, you didn't miss much. Basically, all I say next is, hey, Drew, we should end the interview and he agrees, and then I tell him to tell you where you can find him, which is at www.drewcornwall.com. Or if you want to hear more about Maine Media, you can find them at www.mainmedia.edu. And then we set some nice pleasantries, such as, thanks for coming on my podcast, and he says, hey, thanks for having me. And then I say, thanks for listening to another episode of Perceived Value keep up the hustle. Perceived Value is recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. You can find out everything about this podcast at perceivedvaluedpodcast.com. And as I record this, Hurricane Irma is taking her toll on Florida. Drew, your family and friends are in my thoughts, along with the many others whom I know are being affected. Take care out there.